Well, as we mentioned this morning, and I'm sure lots of you are aware, today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is a day when we commemorate what happened in the upper room with 120. I don't know, probably 2,000 years ago now, this occurred. But the word Pentecost literally means this. It means 50th. It's an actual feast day. It's uh, celebrated 50 days after Passover. And the first time that they celebrated the Feast of Pentecost was really when the children of Israel were out heading toward Egypt, I mean out of Egypt, heading toward the Promised Land. And you'll recall how Moses had an encounter. God told him to come up to Mount Sinai. And that was where he received the Ten Commandments. And when he received the Ten Commandments on that feast day, we know that thunder and lightning covered that mountain. God's presence was strong. And when he came down with the Ten Commandments, it, it brought higher revelation for the children of Israel to walk closer with God. Well, 1,300 years later, the Jews were gathered in the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And it was no accident that Jesus told his disciples to go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And it, God doesn't ever do anything by mistake. The fire of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost fell on a significant day. It fell on the feast of Pentecost. And there was all these people out there in the street. And so the first time up there on Mount Sinai, the mountain was covered with fire and lightning. But on this day, the people, hallelujah, were covered with fire and the lightning of God. <coughs> And it brought the believers to a new and a higher place in God. Aren't you glad, hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost on the early church. And guess what? We're part of the same church. Glory to God. That same Holy Ghost and fire that initially fell on those 120 is still fallen today and still available to whosoever will receive. The only prerequisite is that we are a believer. How many in here tonight are believers? If you're watching online and you are a believer, you are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Wave your hand out there in not TV land. What is it? Social media land, virtual, whatever. <laughs> Wave your hand and let us know. Let the devil know. I'm one of them. I'm a believer. Hallelujah. And so once we become believers, that's just the door for stepping in to more. That's why Jesus told his disciples they needed to go and don't leave Jerusalem until you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to read this account, just a little bit of it, over in Acts chapter 2. And we'll begin in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. 
as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting now i know y'all are the advanced class so we don't have to go into a lot of background about this but one thing that stands out and we can remind ourselves it was a sound from heaven it wasn't from hell it wasn't from the devil tongues are not of the devil in the past like small wars have been fought over speaking in tongues is of the devil no if speaking in tongues was of the devil then the worst criminals and people that are demon possessed would be speaking in other tongues but they're not and they aren't but we hallelujah are it's for the believer sound from heaven and it was a rushing mighty wind pastor john osteen he used to say this it was a rushing mighty wind because the holy ghost was in a hurry to come and fill the believers with power from on high he was in a hurry to come and take charge of the church they hit that sound in the spirit where they were in unity and he was like Oh, let's hurry and let's get down there and fill them up right now because I don't know when we'll ever have such unity. And you know, well, we won't go there. Anyhow, the Holy Ghost filled the house. The whole place shook with the power of God. And then in verse 3, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled. Everybody say all. All All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is just background here. And I think on a day like this, it's good for us to go back and remember, this is our heritage. This is who we are. I said it this morning, what's the difference between a Pentecostal and a charismatic? Well, it's about 2,000 years. You know, I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 11 years old. And let me just help you. That's been 55 years ago. And there was not really such a term as charismatic. Way, 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 way back then. We were all Pentecostals. So let let me just say this if you came in during the charismatic renewal praise god for that but you can call yourself a charismatic but really we're all pentecostals hallelujah and this is where it began and this is who we are the holy ghost literally sat on them the fire of the holy ghost sat on them you may be like me and maybe you saw some Sunday school pictures when you were growing up and it, you know, there 120 were up there and they had this teeny little flame above their head. I like to call it the flick of a bick, even though I've never flicked a bick. But anyhow, that's what it looked like, this teeny little flame. No, it wasn't like that. It sat on them. That means it consumed them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They were on fire with the Holy Ghost. That is why they spilled out into the streets. They were on fire. They couldn't keep it to themselves. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you will study the book of Acts, this was just 
the beginning. But they had other refillings all throughout the book of Acts. They were filled. It's filled with signs, wonders, and miracles. Once they got filled, they acted on what they heard. The church started out in a blaze of glory, burning bright with the Holy Ghost. And we are not going to end up dead and powerless. He has saved the best for last. This is our heritage. This is how we started. And guess what, folks? We're going to end up full of the Holy Ghost and power, signs, wonders, miracles greater than they saw in the book of Acts. We're still writing the book of Acts today. Hallelujah. And I declare it, we ain't seen nothing yet. Glory to God. We are living at a crucial time. Have y'all figured that out? The world, the nation is in trouble. And they need to see and experience the church of our living God. (coughs) Hallelujah. (coughs) You know what? I will drink to that. Yes, glory to God. (laughs) Holy water. They need to see that we, the church, are alive and well. Nobody wants to serve a dead God. Nobody wants to be part of a lifeless religion. People are born into cults and they're born into dead dry religions. But many leave because there's no life there. Well, it's time for us to show them. Let the world see Jesus is alive and well. He's still the healer. He's still the deliverer. He saves. Hallelujah. He fills people with power from on high. We don't serve a dead God. We are not a powerless people. Glory be to God. We have been endued with the power from on high. You all heard of John the Baptist. He foretold of what was going to happen in Acts chapter 2. In Luke 3 uh, verse 16. This is what he said. John answered saying to all. I indeed baptize with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Listen, read that last part with me, beginning with he. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. If I say and fire, and fire. There's an and there. It's wonderful to speak in other tongues. And a lot of people, when they first get filled with the Holy Spirit, they take it by faith. And maybe they only get a few words, uh, syllables in their heavenly language. And that's okay. Start where you are at. But don't stop there. There is more. And that more is fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost is to accompany us being filled with Him. What kind of fire is this? 
It's a fire of God. It comes from Him. The Bible tells us over in Hebrews 12, 29, that our God is a consuming fire. Talk about being fire from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. That's who God is. That's who He wants us to be. Some people talk about the fire of God and they talk about it in a wrong way. They say things like, Well, my life is full of tests and trials and tribulations. I'm just experiencing the baptism of fire. No, no, no. The fire of God doesn't give us tests and trials and tribulation. It burns them off of us. Hallelujah. He's not the author of that stuff. The fire of God manifests in our lives and in the lives of a believer does not bring judgment to weigh us down. It gives us the power of the Holy Ghost to set us free. That's the fire we're talking about. It's not a destructive fire. It's one that gets rid of things that don't need to be there and brands into us what does need to be in there. Amen? Just think about this, even in the natural, that man has always been fascinated with fire. And man has always needed fire to survive. You watch these old movies, even movies about cavemen, the very first thing that they have to do if they get lost out in the wilderness or stuck in the jungle overnight, what do they try to do? Build a fire. Fire is essential to life. And you know, what does it do? If out in the wilderness the fire will show up, I mean, they got to have fire to do what? Cook their food, keep them warm. Well, and even keep bad critters away. Those little eyeballs shining out there in the darkness. If they see fire, they're not going to come and eat them, most likely. So that's to keep critters away. Well, this came to me today as I was thinking about that. When we are full of the Holy Ghost and fire and the Word of God, it's going to keep the devil away. He doesn't want to mess with a hot believer. He doesn't want to mess with somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost and fire and full of the Word of God. What do you say? We get burning brighter and brighter and brighter and he'll go find somebody that's cold and cold and cold. But he's not going to mess with a believer that's full of fire. He might try, but that fire will just... Uh, it'll expel it or dispel it off of our lives. Think about it. When the, uh, was it the Apostle Paul? When that viper attached itself to his hand, what did he do with it? He shook it off in the fire. That's what we do with the attacks of the devil. Just shake them off and let them be consumed by the fire of God. Now, there are some characteristics of the fire of God that we want to look at tonight. Are y'all still here? Everybody good? The first one is the fire of God purifies and purges. We've talked about the day of Pentecost. Well, who is one of the people, one of the disciples that was in that upper room? Well, one of them was Peter. Because when Jesus appeared to them and he said, tell Peter to come to the upper room. Well, we know Peter's story. 
He had denied the Lord Jesus. But Lord, the Lord had said that to him. Before the cock or the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. And we know that that's exactly what happened. And I'm sure every time that Peter heard a chicken crow, he wanted to go wring its neck because it reminded him of his failure and that he had denied the Lord. I heard one man of God say, that's probably why ministers and preachers like to eat fried chicken so much because, you know, Peter wrung that chicken's neck and you stop crowing. It reminds me that I denied the Lord. So there was a lot of chickens consumed and still are at the hands of preachers today. But just think about this. The Holy Ghost came on Peter, just like he did all of the other 119 there. And it changed him. In verse 14 of Acts 2, let's see what it did in Peter's life. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What happened to Peter? He stood up on the outside and delivered that powerful sermon that day because he stood up on the inside someone on the inside working on the outside oh what a change in my life talk about a tiger in your tank the Holy Ghost will change you into another person Peter went from a coward and a denier in one encounter with the Holy Ghost in fire. He went from that to a prophesier and a preacher. Glory be to God. And he preached a powerful sermon that day. He got rid of all of that stuff that was holding him down. Can you imagine all of the insecurities, all of the resentment that he must have felt. He, If he hadn't had that encounter, he could have come to the upper room and he could have stood there and said, you all know me. I'm Peter. I denied the Lord. I don't know why I did it. I feel really bad about it. No, there was no discussion about his past failures and mistakes because the fire of the Holy Ghost burned it out of him and branded in him who he was and who he was called to be. And it caused him to rise up and preach a fiery sermon. The Bible tells us in verse 41, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to the church. That must have been some message. That must have been some anointing. The fire of God was coming out of his mouth because it was burning bright on the inside of him. That Holy Ghost and fire changed him. And then it changed people all around him. And that's what one of the reasons we are baptized 
with the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire is to send us. Not to get full of the Holy Ghost and fire and to sit, but to go. It sends us. When it's in you, when it's on you, it moves you. It compels you to share the good news. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says this. It says, uh, let me read it to you. And of his angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Well, some of you are looking at me. I think you're looking at me. I can't really tell. Yeah, you're looking at me. And some of you are saying, I can hear you saying this. Well, I'm not a minister. Oh, yes, you are. Every single believer is called to the ministry of reconciliation. Every single one of us are ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we've got someone that we are sent to. It might be sent to your own family, sent to your co-workers, sent to your neighbors, sent to the person next to you on BART, you know, even if they are six feet away, the scent to whoever is in the sphere of your influence. Now listen to this same scripture in the Passion, Hebrews 1, 7. And about his angels, he says, I make my angel swift winds and my ministers fiery flames. Woo! What does wind do to fire? It fans it and it spreads it. It ignites it and it spreads it. We've got the wind of the Holy Ghost. We've got the angels of the Lord that are helping us. And they help us to spread the gospel. We've got divine help. The wind of the Holy Spirit is even blowing in this place, causing the fire of God to burn brighter. Whether you feel it or not, we are declaring that right now. The wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing in this place and reigniting the fire of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. Let it burn bright. Let your word spread. Hallelujah. Let the good news go far and wide. The Apostle Paul said this. He prayed. He asked for prayer. And we ask for prayers. We ought to be praying for the fivefold ministry gifts. You pray for one another, of course. But pray for those that stand in pulpits all across the land and the world. That they would have the unction and the anointing to declare freely. And have the word would have free course to go forth in power. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Thessalonians 3.1. This is out of the NLT. Finally, brethren, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly. Hallelujah. And be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly. The message remains the same. 
as it was in the beginning of the book of Acts. The gospel that they preached has not changed. Jesus heals. Jesus saves. Jesus delivers. Jesus set free. Jesus is a miracle worker. That was their message. And thousands of people were born again. The message remains the same. The methods changed through the centuries. We now have more methods of getting the gospel out. So we ought to have more people coming into the kingdom of God. We've got television. We've got radio. We've got Facebook. We've got all of these media platforms. Let's burn bright. Let's de declare that. That the word of God will spread rapidly. Woo! I like that. Spread rapidly. Glory be to God. And what causes the word of God to spread rapidly is preachers preaching with fire in their belly and believers sharing under the unction of the Holy Ghost. People are attracted to fire. People are attracted to passion. How about we be passionate about the things of God? He said that his angels are like winds, winds, and his ministers flames of fire. We ought to have something burning on the inside of us because someone is burning on the inside of us. When you're hot, even in the natural, sometimes I see it in the, in the services that women in their 50s, we won't go there, but they're hot for a reason and, you know, they're carrying their own heater with them and you see them fanning. It's, they're hot. You know when somebody's hot in the natural. Well, we ought to know. It ought to be evident when somebody is hot spiritually. And when we are on fire, we cannot keep it to ourselves. I've used this illustration many times, but hey, I'm preaching, so I'm going to tell it again. Some dear friends of ours, they went out. It was in the wintertime. They live in Oklahoma, and they went out for a nice candlelight anniversary romantic dinner. And, they, you know, they didn't hardly have any light in there. They had all these big candles on the table. And it came time for dessert. So the husband said, honey, do you want any dessert? No, I'll just take a bite of yours. So the dessert came. You know, wives do that. Husbands do too. They eat off of their wife's plate, sometimes even without asking. So she looked over and she realized, man, that must be a good dessert. And if I want a bite of it, I better get some quick because he hasn't offered and it's all disappearing. So she had this beautiful sweater on with fringe on it. She reached over to get a bite of the dessert. The fringe went on top of the candle and her sweater arm caught on fire. She jumped up. She's hitting the sweater and like, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. And it was a real nice, expensive place. And this is what her husband said. Shh, sit down. Stop making a scene. And she yelled even louder. You're not the one on fire. And she's just beating her arm, you know, nothing came of it. The fringe, it went out. But that's really a good illustration. People that aren't on fire might tell you to shh, sit down, just be quiet. Don't be so, don't be such an extremist. 
Do you have to share Jesus with everybody that you meet? Could you just cool off like the rest of us? No, you ought to just keep on sharing boldly and say, you're not the one on fire. If you were the one on fire, you'd be saying like the prophet Jeremiah said over in Jeremiah 20. He said it was like fire. Shut up in my bones. He said, oh, let me get this right. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. And I was weary of holding it back. I could not. Have you ever been there? It's like you're going to explode if you don't share Jesus with somebody. We always quote this verse, or I know I do, and I quote that part. It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. I think we even sing about that. But when I read this yesterday, it just popped out me at me. This is in the New King James. His word was in my heart like a burning fire. His word is what gives fuel to the fire on the inside of us. No fuel, the fire goes out. We're not going to let that happen. We got to continually put fuel on the fire. And that's called the word of God. I have some books by a man by the name of Wesley Duell. I love his writings. And he has written on revival fires. It's one of my favorite. And then he also wrote a book called Ablaze. And it's just about the fire of God. And he said in the Ablaze book, God created our spirits flammable. We are spiritually combustible. Our nature is created to be ablaze by the Spirit. God created us in His likeness and His image. Get on fire and people will come and watch you burn. George Whitfield was a great revivalist in the 1700s here in our nation. He was part, he sparked one of the great awakenings He preached to masses at the age of 22 years of age. And he didn't even have a microphone. God amplified his voice. He was known as the awakener and the fire bringer. And you've all heard of Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin was quoted as saying this. He confessed that he often went to hear George Whitfield preach because he could literally watch him burn before his eyes. Maybe it gave him the idea of the lightning rod. George may have looked like he had gotten hold of a power line, which he did. Hallelujah. God wants us to burn bright for him, whether in the pulpit or the pew, wherever we are at. Amen. Lord God, send Revivalist, send fire bringers, raise them up in our nation once again. Let this country be filled with men and women of God preaching under the fire and the unction 
of the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. Do you agree with that? Hallelujah. Well, how's all of this going to happen? My last point is this. Well, I don't know if it's my last point. I think it might be that we need to rekindle the embers. It's easy to let the fire go out. But that's why we have services like this. That's why we have this morning, we had a tremendous move of the Spirit of God. It's so important to get in the corporate anointing. You can get blessed, you can shout, you can sing, you can dance, you can pray in the Holy Ghost on your own, but there is something about the corporate anointing and all of us bringing our supply together. It bring, we bring our light and you bring your light and guess what? We have a big bonfire in here and that's what's going to happen and is happening in our service. In Romans chapter 12 verse 11 I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor but be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. We are exhorted not to lose our zeal and our passion. Again, I quote Wesley Duell, and he said, A passionless Christian will not put out the fires of hell. The best way to fight a raging forest fire is with fire. Woo, did you get that? A passionless Christian will not put out the fires of hell. The best way to fight a raging forest fire is with fire. We've got the fires of hell that are trying to burn bright in our nation. And we just can't say, you know, put a little sprinkle of water here and a little sprinkle of water there, run around and try to put out fires and get on our political soapboxes and think that's going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. We do not fight the fires of hell with our words and with our opinions and with our natural reasoning. The fires of hell that are trying to take over our nation will only be held at bay when the church is on fire and the church burns brighter and the fire of God just consumed the fire of the devil. He's always had counterfeit. There's counterfeit fires. There's counterfeit this and counterfeit that. But we got the real. We have the real. Let's Let's rise up on the inside and be who He created us to be. God has, God is, and God will always supply the fire. But we have to keep it burning. That same verse, Romans 12, 11, in the message it says this, Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflamed. We talked about the word is the fuel. If we don't have fuel, no fire. If you don't have wood or gas or propane or electric, electricity, no fire in your stove. But we are not without fuel. We got the word. We got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
And we are not going to burn out. We're going to burn on. And we're going to burn brighter and brighter in the name of Jesus. Now this gives us the answer to fanning that flame. I asked earlier, what does wind do? And, and you know, it's caused the fire to spread. Pastor Nancy said it fans the flame. And that's exactly right. 2 Timothy 1, 6 in the Amplified. That is why I would remind you to stir up. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm doing my best. I can't tell if y'all are with me or not. Some of you aren't. But you know what? I believe it will register on your hearts. Doing my best to tell you this. This is why we're here tonight. We are reminding you. I'm reminding myself. Reminding whoever watches that we need to stir up and rekindle the embers. We need to fan the flame and keep burning. I know it's been a tough year. I know 2020 was not a good time to, you know, for the churches. We, we did great. Thank God for it. But I know a lot of Christians, they got cold. But we are here tonight in all of our services. And this is what we're doing. We're stirring up. Stir up. Stir up. Stir yourself up. Stir up. The gift. Of God, he says, keep that flame burning. Stir up the gracious gift of God. That inner fire that is in you. Woo-hoo-hoo. Whether you know it or not, there's fire. And it is shut up. In some cases, it's really shut up. But we're going to rekindle the ember and let the fire out. Let it burn bright. Hallelujah. Pastor had an awesome exhortation today, even before he preached that wonderful message. There was an exhortation about people's giftings, gifts on the inside of us. It's not too late. They're not, it's not over. Don't let them lie dormant. Instead, stir them up. Stir up the gracious gift. Keep Burning. Hallelujah. Woo. Rekindle the embers. An ember is a sign of where there used to be a fire. Again, I use this illustration a lot, but I grew up on a farm and it was cold in Oklahoma in the winter. And we had an old wood stove. Before we'd go to bed at night, my dad would put all this wood on that fire. And I mean, it, would, it was roasting hot, actually. Really hot. Mark got to experience that a few times. Really hot. But when it, in the morning, when you get up, it might look like the fire was completely dead. But an ember is a piece of wood that's just got a little glow to it. It's still just a little bit red. And my dad was a master at taking a little ember and igniting a big fire. And one of the keys to doing that was... Y'all are ten feet away. I won't blow on you, but... You're not going to catch anything from me except fire! Woo! But he'd go... Blow on those embers. 
and put a little kindling on there and before long a raging fire was there. You might be sitting in here tonight, you might be watching online and you sense that de bon Oh, you just are like, well, I know I'm not hot, but I think there's a little spark in there. I think there's a little ember in there. Well, that's all it takes. Hallelujah. Oh, stand to your feet. Glory to God. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Begin to just praise Him. Hallelujah. Begin to stir yourselves up. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, this is the time to start speaking. Oh, let there be a stirring. Let there be a stirring on this Pentecostal Sunday. We are asking for there to be a stirring of the Holy Ghost in our midst. Oh, matata, a fanning, a fanning, a fanning of the flame. Let the wind, let the wind, let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow in here. Let there be a rushing mighty wind that blows. Let it blow in here. Oh, my, my, my. Igniting, igniting our hearts, igniting our hearts afresh and anew. More than ever, more than ever, more than ever, the church needs to burn bright. Oh, don't let your light grow dim. Don't let your light grow dim. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, barasipakata. Burning bright, burning bright. Fire, 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 fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. Some of you just need to start doing this. Just do this. Fanning the flame. It might look like a little flame, but start fanning it. Woo! Woo! And here comes the wind. The wind of the Holy Ghost. Fan it by faith, and then he'll take hold. He'll take hold together with us. Woo! Ha 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 Holy fire. Holy fire. Holy fire. Holy fire. Woo! Shabaki and if you are sabakareta, if you're in here or you're watching online and you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, the only prerequisite is that you are a believer. So if you're in here or watching online right now, I want you to say this with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. I know it is for me and I receive this gift from on high. I yield myself to the Holy Spirit right now. 
and I will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Now it's the Bokurikita Sambretaha. Now the Demoshabreta. It's you that does the speaking. Some of you in here, I just said, there's people that have been seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you have not yet spoken in other tongues. It's so easy. It's so easy. You just need to yield yourself. You don't make yourself have a language. He gives you the language. But you got to use your tongue and your voice. Let's help him now. Everybody lift up your hands. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Is there anybody in here that you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? You've not yet spoken tongues. Wave your hand at me. Maybe somebody watching online. Katrina, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Speak in other tongues. Lift up your hands, sweetheart. Start speaking in tongues boldly. Oh, my. Oh, there's something about yielding to the Holy Ghost. Oh, ha For some of you, it's been a while. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. <laughs> PT, do you guys have something to sing over there? It's She's going to help. Yeah, there we go. Come on, come on, come on.